0: This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, JOY. Keep JOY on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Absolutely everybody. JOY 94.9 presents Absolutely Everybody. Sponsored by and presented by Anecdo, the People Network, Absolutely everybody, only on Joy ninety four point nine. And we had a couple of weeks ago the LGBTI Age and Aging Conference in Melbourne at the Melbourne Town Hall. And at that conference, one of the speakers was Jill Bowen, who actually um, was uh, in the police force in Queensland and spoke about her experiences of being in the police force as a a, a lesbian woman and some of the trials and tribulations that she came uh, came across. Amy spoke to her. Thank you all for allowing me the opportunity to share my experiences with you. But members of the broader community, lesbians, have a wide range of life experiences. I'm 63 years of age and my Working background was predominantly in policing. This is a part of my life story. I came out as a lesbian in my late teens and lived a life whereby my sexuality it really wasn't a great issue for me. Then as become a state public servant and started to attend events like dances and other activities, things started to change. I became more aware of what it was like to be discriminated against. In Brisbane, we had various hotels that we attended. We also had the camp club. And for those of you not familiar with the history of the Gun and Lesbian Committee, the camp stood for a Campaign Against Moral Persecution. It was worldwide trending and, um, in making sure that we were on explaining what was happening overseas. As an aside, I'd say that every day, every, every week when I go into the um, court to, to volunteer as a gay people. I passed where the camp club used to be and now sits on at the Supreme and District Courts of Brisbane. So I must <laughs> say that he chuckled to myself. <laughs> the reason I did that is because the police were very active in us in those days and they used to sit in Tank Street, just off George Street in Brisbane, and they'd sit in their cars in the car for a raid. And when they come over, we step outside the window onto the warnings and uh, wait. Mainly, they were chasing the men because um, sexual activity between consenting men and the government public, was an effect, some of the Queensland could code. We did experience the Harassment by police. I have experienced both external to and inside the job, and it's something that's real. In Queensland, most of the time when we tend to function, as distinct from when I experienced uh, lesbian life in Sydney and in Melbourne, we generally met together with gay men. And then when we wanted to go out for work functions, to keep acceptable quiet, they would take a gay man and when they needed to go out they'd take a lesbian, <laughs> so appear as <laughs> an extra couple. But the threat of losing one's job was very real. It was in 1973 that I decided to join the Queensland Police. It was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Things went well with my career generally until 1975. When a male colleague comes and says, Jill, one of the um, bisexual police women's reporting here to the boss for being a lesbian. I said, what should I do about that? And he said, don't do anything. We've spoken up for you. Just make sure you keep it in mind. So nothing much happened overtly in regard to my sexuality. But in 1977, I was a detective by then. And I'd done a job where I should have gone to Adelaide for an extradition. It was what was talked about earlier this morning. Sexism was a big issue, and I'm sure you'd be surprised to hear that about policing. (laughs) 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 Bear in mind it was the Joe era. Um, So, I was to go to Adelaide for this extradition, but the trip was disallowed. They got a boy to go down, a male. Colleague, I should say. I wanted to go down, because, but he hadn't even worked on the case, so not even my colleagues were allowed to go. And at that, I'd had a gut and So I went down and saw the inspector in charge of recruiting, who also did internal transfers, and I said, Inspector, can you get me out of the CIB? So in 1977, I applied for and got a transfer to Anala, which is one of our housing commissioned areas in Brisbane. Despite the problems of single people, uh, females, buying homes, I managed to purchase a house in the outer suburb of Brisbane, and life was pretty good. I was living there with my partner, who was also a policewoman. I was at the Brisbane Congress Court waiting to give a bit of startling evidence one morning, and my partner walked out of the lift looking like a son-mother. And because we'd had breakfast that morning and I'd gone off out to Anale and she'd gone into the city to her job, what's going on? And she'd been called up to the head of the CIB and interviewed regarding our relationship. The interviewer had asked her if she was in a lesbian relationship with me because she said yes she was. Various questions were asked about our lives and activities and she was also asked if her family knew about the situation and she was then told to come down to the court and get me and bring me back for my interview. Uh, she was a bit junior to me so they picked that we were the first as you can imagine. Uh, evidence, I'm giving evidence, on a rival at the COD. I made some calls to other lesbians and told them what was going on and said, for those, they sake, don't come in without a lawyer. Too late for us, but try and protect the others. I was then interviewed and readily admitted my sexuality and said it had nothing to do with my job. I asserted I was more competent and capable than most of my heterosexual workmates. And bear in mind, there were a few female police in that era. At this stage, the imbecile interviewing these, he then <laughs> said, and you he smell heterosexual. <laughs> 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 <And> the <what laughs> was doing the interview, he might have been the three crooked kings about all about corruption up there. Tony Murphy then said, I've just got to go outside. I think he went out to laugh at his mate for being such a goose. <laughs> anyway. I went through the same process as my partner and I asked them, well, what was the purpose of the investigation? They gave me no indication other than to say others will be interviewed. Seven of us were interviewed. In the following weeks, my partner was transferred to Longreach which is in central Queensland, in for the case. And I got the startling spot of Mount Isa in northwest Queensland. You might see I've got very fair skin. So when I was talking to some of the senior officers who were of great support to me. Not everyone was homophobic. Not everyone treated us as Dunsley because we were dykes. <laughs> okay, so the one boss who was in charge of actually internal investigations in the data, those days. A wrong said, Jill, I refuse to do it. I said it's none of your business. The other fellow said, Jill, go get us giving specialist He can't go to Mount Isa. He needs his wife is to come to our home and socialise with my partner and I. And back in those days, 1977, that was a big thing. So off I went I got my student, and all they did then was change the transfer from Mount Isa to Toowoomba, out to the cold Country. Not by your standards possibly. It <laughs> has <laughs> snowed in Toowoomba, baby. <laughs> So despite my request not to, my partner ended up resigning from the job. She'd been dust to the squad and was currently kind of training as a scenes of problem officer, great loss of the police. When the transfers first came out, my partner and I were out talking with my sister and brother-in-law about the situation, he said, But they're just mustering the situation. He explained that from where he sat, if they transferred one to lesbian to Kent and one to Pilgha, cool and their relationships didn't last, their sexuality wasn't going to change. What happens if they caught up with another policewoman? <laughs> <laughs> so they only had four instead of two. <laughs> and then what happens if they then find out about those four and they had it to it's, <laughs> it's all about Rockhampton and Gimpy. And by this stage, my sister, my brother-in-law, my partner and I we were rolling around the floating dikes in every station. <laughs> So I went off to see the deputy commissioner and I said, this is my (laughs) brother-in-law (laughs) scenario Because the policemen again were running the place by this day. (laughs) And he looked quite stunned and said, Jill, we didn't think of (laughs) them. It was a witch hunt, certainly by the papers. Joy! <laughs> the second part of um, Jill's interview well, it's not an interview, it's actually from the LGBTIQ aged care conference, the first one um, in Australia that happened just, just a few weeks ago. And this is the rest of Jill's story. I continued my career in Toowoomba. I was put into the radio room. Generally, the time in there was about four weeks to eight weeks when you got there. I did 12 months of being grounded. And I went in to see the district officer and I said, Sir, when does my penance end? And he gave me some kind of words about my work standards and said to leave it to him. The final roster came out and I was out on the road again, which was a big thing for me. I ended up applying for getting a job in the traffic branch. And after three years in Toowoomba, I approached the new deputy commissioner to ask how long I had to stay into I could bear in my, my house in getting a house for anything, the but then to have to move out was something else. I put a strong case in for jobs that were coming up near my home. I put in a, uh, a written application, I said to him how about it. Anyway, he gave me a pat on the head and said, yeah, brother, well, we're happy with your performance. If you're not happy when the new Gazette comes out, come and see me. But like uh, the transfer to being made. The impact of personal work events. Some times caused me severe angst. In 1990, I was promoted to Inspector, and I went to the South Eastern Regional Office at the request of the Assistant Commissioner who had just been promoted there. He and the Chief Server were brilliant in their support of me. But I had five things against me. One, I was a woman. There were only five of us made up after the Fitzgerald inquiry. And I was the only one that went outside headquarters because I'd been asked to go and on there. The other four stayed in the headquarters. Very comfortable. The most junior I was in terms of my years of service I was a lesbian. I was the youngest in age and I was the only one with a tertiary education. So what terrible qualities were (laughs) that I expected to come to town with. The other thing about me that some people know and some don't is that I am out loud and proud and I say what I mean and mean what I say because of the wonderful parents I've had who I grew up in loving family. They supported me in what I do. all well, I did at the time in passed right now, and I also have so have wonderful supportive of siblings, so there's no problem for me. And as I age, I'm going to be one of those bulgy dots in the nation (Laughter) i After about a year in the region. I applied for transfer to the police academy, and uh, I subsequently got it. So I was trying to influence some of the young people in the police. And then there was a major um, effort on to promote people. People had left after the Fitzgerald Commission, and I applied for a superintendent's job in 1992, and I got that first Queensland police woman to be given that rank. To earn that rank, I won't say women have never been given anything. (laughs) And then they were doing a review of jobs in the police chief superintendent level. And with budgets and responsibilities, etc. my position was updated to um, Chief Super. We had to go through assessment centres for three days and things like that. It was a very uh, healthy, merit-based process. And I got a job first Chief Super in the Queensland Police Service. But there was more in store for me. 1993, I called in to the Criminal Justice Commission for an interview concerning an investigation they were doing at the time. The purpose was to re interview me about other things, but also the 1977 lesbian investigation. It had been raised by the policewoman who was subject of their inquiry. Interestingly, I'm one of those funny moments, and if I'm upset, I actually get teary. I'm so angry. Who gets at and I was sitting there, angry as July, and a colleague who was the assistant commissioner of the police in there at the train park said, ''Hey mate, what's wrong?'' I said, ''I've just been interviewed about the 77 lesbian investigation.'' I was angry. And I explained to him that CJC had the files. I had never been given a copy of the record of interview taken from me, and nor had my partner. He said, ''Hang on a minute.'' went up and saw the chairman, Sir Max Bingham. and the next thing he brought back, my record of interview. For the first time I saw it, and was given the conference record of interview, and it was not a true record of the conversation that had taken place. How many years of harassment was I expected to endure? Even my sister had been diagnosed with cancer. There were other issues happening for family in my support group, and I was just over it. It was time to look elsewhere, so I resigned in 1993. What did and does this aspect of my life's experience mean to me? It convinced me to speak out, rather than to stay silent about many issues that had, that would in future confront me. I challenged the Ombudsman on the discriminatory <laughs> policies regarding the amount of effects effect single people were funded to table and transfer, we could carry a suitcase where a married couple could take our whole house and pair of nice together. Your whole house wasn't going to fit in a suitcase. <laughs> I spoke at the Gay and Lesbian Business Associations meeting regarding the members of the lesbian and gay community in divorce. I spoke about the disgraceful decisions made by members of the judiciary with regard to rape and sexual offences. So instead of climbing to a hole, the whole process just involved in me. Thanks for listening to another JOY podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, JOY. Help us keep JOY on air. Head to joy.org.au. JOY, a diverse sound for a diverse community.